Happy holidays and welcome to another edition of Excalibros. Hello, Merry Christmas. Well, yeah, Happy Holidays is the best one. Merry happy Christmas. New Year. If happy you, if New you Year, Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, uh, you know, Happy Holidays. Hope you're enjoying whatever time you get to spend off of work or with family if possible. I'm just hoping you're all enjoying a little break from the terribleness that was 2020. Oh, yes, we're still in it though. Don't don't jinx it. <laughs> like <laughs> you can still throw one last stone in the works before, before it's dead. <laughs> well, uh, this week we're going to cover our four uh, regular uh, books. We we're going to do a crossover, uh, and that episode will be coming. But we had to do some rescheduling and additional rescheduling. So uh, in January, please look out for. The part two of two of uh, Executioner's Song. We'll have Jason and Grant on to uh, finish off the back half of that. And it's kind of appropriate because um, we get to cover some some um, strife and sinister uh, in, in this week's X Factor. So we get a little bit of the build up. But uh, this week we're going to start off with Excalibur number 31, Dan. Yes, guest starring the X-Men, apparently, question mark. Um, with the horrible title, uh, No Man is an Island, but No Island is a Man either, so it works out. So so you can tell it's written by Scott Lobdell. Um, well, what do you think of the cover? Well, it's Nightcrawler being attacked by Goo? Snot. Yeah. Um, it looks all right. It's nice that it's Nightcrawler focused, sure. Um, but that's about it. <laughs> it's not the best thing in the world. No, uh, not the worst. It's not the worst thing. Um, so it's written by Scott Lobdell, uh, penciled by Dave Ross, Alan Milgram is inks, Ken Leppard is letters, Brad Van Cutter is colors, and that's about it because it randomly just goes Terry Kavanaugh something important. Why do these Xbox keep doing this to me? Where? They pretend these people are important by saying they do something important or they're trying to put something quirky um, in it. And talking about quirky, shit, this issue is just quipathon. It's a literal quipathon. Yeah. Um, so to sum it up, Kurt was bitten by Megan in the last issue and was told by Doctor Strange to have a bit of a break. So he dons a ridiculous hat and jacket, which makes you feel like he stole it from someone because it doesn't feel like it's from Kurt's wardrobe. No, not at we, all. If this would have been doing, like uh, serious creators, he would have put on like a proper pilot's outfit, you know? Yeah, goggles and all. Um, so he um, is traveling, but his plane crashes. Um, he has to explain how his teleportation works, just in case, just in case you haven't been reading the last thirty issues. Um, <laughs> and on the island, he sees um, giant uh, heads of himself and other X Men. X-Men, not Excalibur members. Um, a random woman sees him. Uh, the backup story is that Megan turns into a bird, half bird, half woman, because she's too busy thinking. And uh, Brian tries to be a boyfriend for the first time in yeah, a long time. It's like suddenly he's got a, he had a whole different personality take over his body. and He's like a loving, caring boyfriend suddenly. Yep. And Nightcrawler uh, wakes up. It also looks like th- this page is done by a, a different artist. Like the coloring is, is, yeah. Like generally, also it's a very you are worth it sort of panel at the end with Brian there. Um, Kurt wakes up to screaming, so obviously there's a damsel in distress. He wakes up in a loincloth or a thong. It's hard to hard to distinguish which. Um, I don't know if he's w- like I, I decided to to like remove the rest of my costume, otherwise it would have been too hot. But like, did he fashion? A portion of his costume into a loincloth or does he just wear loincloths under his costume all the time maybe it's a um uh, what you got a cup so people can't punch him in certain areas uh, <laughs> so <laughs> i feel like kurt is um has enough foresight to wear a cup for, for sure um just like little well, leaguers he is yeah, yeah sure all right. So um, some dudes with funky um, red makeup uh, take the girl that saw Kurt crash 
and about to essentially looks like sacrifice. They're further down a pit. Kurt jumps in to help. Um, some rocks help them. Then they find some sort of giant horrible monster who happens to be um, the son of Krakoa. Um, he looks which, like a big green frog. Yep. He is literally a big green frog. Um, he is Vega Superior, which is insane. And um, well, I, I think this is a discussion to be had. Is should it be Vega or Vega? Vega Superior. Vega Superior makes more sense now. He's the son of Kokoa. Right. So maybe he is Vega Superior. Maybe we'll go with Vega. I think I've, <laughs> I've changed. My, I've changed my mind. I remember Vega before. Yes, the son of Kokoa, who may or may not turn up in the current. Xbox, who knows? So um, um, on the same page we have Veggie Superior. Uh, it looks like Kurt's loincloth has changed. It's now instead of just being like a red thing, there's like blue stripes on the sides of it now, and it, it almost looks like it's outlining a, a big old pe- red penis. Yeah, pretty much. And there's no, there's nothing there to um, lead to the imagination. It's like he's stapled a flag, a small flag, to, uh, <laughs> to himself. Um. It keeps changing shape throughout the actual issue, which is kind of bizarre. So yeah. Kurt goes... It's nice to see Kurt in action, even though he's attacked by Snart. He, he sort of outwits them, but my lord, is it just back and forth. Um, Kurt is just like, quip, 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 quip. And then, I didn't expect it, but the giant frog's like, quip, 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 straight back. And it's just exhausting um, to read. <laughs> It, it and, is. It's a lot of quiffiness back and forth, for sure. And then the Vegemen uh, are spawned. So some sort of, like, metal Wolverine monster. Uh, he's the ice. They say he's ice. Ah, yes. And then there's Cyclops with his lava blast or weird... And then um, Rock Colossus, which is a downgrade to Metal Colossus, I imagine. Um, <laughs> and Kurt manages to, like, dispatch them pretty easily. Right. Uh, even when he's attacked by um, Angel, he, <laughs> he basically slams Angel into a tree, um, and he gets he even gets fought, fought by himself, which he easily dispatches. And it's just constant from this frog, constant smart assery. Um, and then he goes the frog so much to get him into the ocean, and he uh, apparently drowns. Um, <laughs> Which is weird. And the girl that um, was sort of a damsel ends up being basically the frog's lover and is then in case. And then when Brian and the rest of Excalibur turn up, she's been imprisoned because she's gone against God. And in this island, Kurt is God now. Right. Um, and it ends. Well, I love that they show up and he's getting like fanned by a bunch of bikini lad uh clad women with a drink in hand and they're like feeding him like suddenly his uh his descent into hell has turned into a vacation um (laughs) he's made the best of it it's it's a it's a it's a a definitive fill-in issue dan right Uh, i think that we've been having these for a while Uh, but what, what did you think did you enjoy the the quip uh weird action snap monster here was this you know where how would you rank this not like a like a one to five sort of rank but like what was your enjoyment of this issue it's weird because i we haven't really had to be fair out of 31 issues like and um, kurt hasn't really featured heavily in any of them like he's no nope. he's had like backup stories and there was obviously the the, the girl the the um john john carter from mars moment um but he's not had like too much to do so it was nice to have like a full on just Kurt issue, and it, him being quippy is kind of okay. But when they were both super quippy, it was it was it was horrible. Um, I was like, there's too much, too much. Everyone's too sm- smart and witty, um, like mm-hmm. for no need. And then it was kind of like a monster of the week, and then like a beach episode from something. And I enjoyed bits of it, but the art was okay. It was. It reminds me of sort of like your typical sort of um, super, like superhero standard American comic art. Uh, the color work wasn't particularly expressive or interesting, especially yeah. for like a, especially for like a, an island of supposedly like Kokoa's. Like the design for Kokoa's son was a frog, and um, that seemed really like 
no imagination going on there. And I feel like <laughs> Lobdell was so impressed with his own writing that it kind of buried any kind of actual funniness, like actual levity. Um, but I didn't hate it. I kind of was like, well, fair enough, it exists. It's kind of like candy floss. Um where it's like it tastes nice for like uh, one bite and then more of it makes it feel makes you feel like thick. So yeah. Okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is kind of okay for me as well. It wasn't the worst feeling issue we've had. Um it was pretty standard artwork and the color work was just like it was almost just like fill in fill in the, the blanks. Really like you'd have Kurt fighting the evil version of himself, and the evil version was just like one blanket gray color the whole way through. It's very, um, very basic. But it was nice to have Kurt. I, I'll say that. Like, oh, we got to have a little bit of Kurt. Fine. Uh, but you know, I won't remember this issue in in two days' time. No. Not so. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, that was. Excalibur number 31. Uh, we're going to move on to X Factor number 78. <clears throat> and on the cover of X Factor number 78, we have uh, Sinister and Strife staring down at a uh, team of X Factor who are punching and shooting uh, towards something off in the corner. Uh, it's kind of like standard um, superhero cover, but I do really love the imposing Sinister and Strife. Uh, and 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 his his giant cape as the backdrop. Yeah, it's simply um, Quesada. Like, was this, the, was this done by um, future editor in chief of Marvel? Yeah, it looks like <laughs> Quesada and Palmiati. So yeah, interesting. Um, I really don't like the actual members of X Factor. Um, I forgot. No. I didn't even see. I didn't even see Wolfsbane there. It looks like someone made a tick. An upside down tick rather than a character. Um, but I like his sinister and his stripe. You're right, sinister and stripe are the best things. Weird color choices because I know he's got like those weird lines on his on his um, armor, but do you have to color them like weird, a uh, weird different color? Anyway, yes, it's okay. I hate yeah. the background color though. Yeah, for but... sure. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. So uh, this one was written by Peter David, pencils Larry Stroman and Brandon Peterson, um, inked by Al Milgram. Let me know do you, if you see any pages that are Brandon Peterson or if you you think maybe she's filling in some panels. Let me know if you notice anything. Uh, this is lettered by Dave Sharp, colored by Mike Thomas. Um, all right. Uh, so we start off and uh, something that is very Stroman. Uh, we've got... Uh, Crazy angles of a man in an office answering a phone with, uh, you know, superimposed, overimposed faces talking together and there. I just love the layout whenever Strom is drawing this. It's um, it's great. But but some woman on a payphone, uh, who looks like she maybe is in a costume, is calling up a doctor saying, uh, the uh, mutant liberation friend is coming to attack and he should he should run away, and he has declared that he's not going to leave. Uh, and then we get on with the title, Playing with Fire. And um, uh, X-Factor is about to to enter their first time in the X-Factor Danger Room, which was built without their consent by Val. Um, and uh, we find out that the government was building it, and so it was built really cheap. And they go to open it, and they can't even open the doorknob because it falls off. Uh, <laughs> just like silly David humor. Uh, and just a bunch of crazy Strowman angles happening here. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, uh, someone comes to the lobby uh, of X Factor. Guido goes to talk to her. He tries to impress her by saying that he's uh, seeing Sean Young, who uh, even at this time was probably considered a bit of a um, boy. I don't want to speak ill, but uh, she's She's had she's had issues, uh, but Sean Young was the love interest in Blade Runner. She was also uh, the police, uh, the evil police officer in Ace Ventura. If that rings a bell to anybody, that's Sean Young. Um, so Guido tries to impress that he is dating this person. Uh, it doesn't work. Uh, 
and then we jump to the uh, the boy. These the uh, these aren't the MLFers. These are this is um, Sinister's team. What are they called? The the bad boys. What are they called? The, the nasty boys. Which, nasty um, boys. Yes, thank you. With, with yeah, and these panels are horrible. <laughs> um, don't know who did them, but um, they yeah, mm. I do not like any of these um, at all. Yeah, yeah. The the previous pages are definitely at least the previous page with Guido was Strowman, but yeah, I don't know who this is. This could be Peterson. This could be this could be Strowman for all I know. Maybe he didn't have the time. Um, but uh, two of the nasty boys are, are like fighting and speaking ill will of uh, speaking ill of Sinister. Sinister shows up and zaps one. Um, and uh, then we cut to Alex, who's calling up Scott and Xavier and letting them know that stuff is happening and maybe Sinister is still alive. Um, then we get a great page of just wonderful Strowman um, panel layouts here. There's a wonderful profile pic of Rain sort of looking to her left. Uh, just just spectacular. We've, we've got Polaris's flowing hair. It's it's just gorgeous, this page. It is lovely. I also like the fact that Val's in, like, Havoc's costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, Havoc is wearing, like, the quote-unquote standard X-Factor costume. Um, and Val's like, hey, we got to go on a mission. And she, so she's decided to put on, the, I guess, the female version of it. And everyone's like, why are you in a costume? Um, <laughs> uh, so they, they get in a plane and take off. And uh, I want to get your take on this panel here, uh, Dan, because we have X Factor on the plane uh, standing around talking. Uh, Val is sitting on a chair and Rain is like using the armrest to do some acrobatics on it. Yeah, I don't. It's not. Hmm, it, it's a little busy. It's if it's Strowman, then fair enough. But it does feel like someone aping his style rather than. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's so over inked. <laughs> everything's so black. It's just I don't know. It doesn't. It's just a weird a weird decision. And like the next page is really not particularly pleasant to look at either. No, uh, and this is like all. A bunch of dialogue happening, and it's hard to pick out the right order of the dialogue in the panels. Um, yeah. But they're, they're kind of fighting over: do we save this doctor um, and destroy his research because he's re- researching how to determine what the X gene is and maybe get rid of it, or do we not destroy his? Do we save him and not destroy his um, information? It's almost like a kind of an abortion sort of parallel happening here. Yeah. Meanwhile, the uh, the MLFers uh, show up uh, and to attack, and they shoot and fight, and um, someone has a helmet on, and wouldn't you believe that she may have been the one to uh, to warn this doctor that they were coming? Uh, they they kill some people, they smash some stuff up, uh, they meet the doctor, and uh, what's his name? Not Wild Child. Um, wild. I have no idea. <laughs> Wild Side, there we go. Wild Side slashes this guy's like neck open, um, and they go looking for the information, but they can't find it. So they decide they're just gonna blow things up until X Factor shows up. Uh, we get some fighting. Uh, we get a crazy panel of, of havoc shooting up like like holy rays from God at this woman who as she uh, does a backflip. Uh, yeah. uh, Guido had his uh, goggles burnt to his face. And he pulls it off, uh, and then they go to attack. Polaris is able to stop the Tempest. Uh, Wild Sal almost kills her until Rain saves her. Um, then Rain goes to save the Doctor, but it's too late. He is dead. And he's like, please take my information and keep it safe. Um, but she doesn't. She decides to destroy it all. Uh, the MLFers jump through a portal to escape, but uh, Reaper doesn't make it all the way through the portal before it closes, and he loses a leg. So that's where that happens, and his leg is smoking afterward. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Uh, so then they're like, oh, Reaper lost an arm, and now he's lost a leg. Pretty soon he's going to be like uh, uh, a, a Terminator. That was a joke. Fine. Uh, then we find out that Temple really was the one to warn the Doctor, and they fly back. The end. Um, there, there, there's like a sort of a, an abortion, you know, uh, rights uh, choice um, theme running through the book, which I, I kind of skimmed over. But 
Um, you know, the first time I read this issue, I thought, all right, we got some Strowman going. And then reading it over again, it's like, well, we have some Strowman, but it is much more apparent where he's not there. And there's a, especially a lot of these fighting panels. He's yeah, he absolutely- um, Venom Peterson clearly because now I'm looking through it. I think even like the weak panels um, in Strowman's aren't, aren't Peterson. They are literally clearly Strowman's just not doing his. Is this before like he gets kicked off? He leaves the book soon, so maybe he's just not doing right. Like, all there's like a, there's a lot of panels which are uh, uh, messy and confused and. They're in his style, but not really his style. Whereas, um, um, I feel like, and the Peterson stuff feels like it's just, it, it's so like nineties, um, right. and it's in such in just juxtaposition with the rest of it. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see what, what was the production like? I was would be intrigued to see how what happened there. Like, was it yeah. just similar that Strowman didn't have time, or? Yeah, just... I have a feeling, you know, we get a lot of these amazing artists and they just, it's hard to keep up with a book. And I have a feeling that's, that's just what's going to happen. He's not going to be able to keep up with it. And so we, we get someone who's got a little bit more pedestrian art style, but is able to keep up with the schedule. And we've got this, this especially the fighting pages here. We have Polaris with like very traditional hair happening as someone's jumping from behind her. It looks so very early 90s. Uh, you're, you're totally correct here, Dan. It's, it's a little bit disappointing. Because we start off with some excellent Strowman, and then we end up with just like very, you know, run-of-the-mill uh, '90s action happening here. Um, so I mean, this was—I wouldn't say this was a bad issue. Uh, I thought the theme worked. Um, I thought the characters, you know, they still sounded like early '90s David. There was some fun, and there was some silliness, and there was a little bit of too much dialogue. But um, you know, I, I enjoyed the issue. What did you think? Um. I didn't mind it. I think when it was about his, like, I don't, I feel like the Mutant Liberation Front and Strife and stuff isn't David's choice. No. Um, it doesn't feel like he chose to do any of that. And that he was um, told to, um, I don't know, get it all in because the other books were too busy. Um, and it just, <laughs> I don't know, it just sort of just, I, I don't know. It, like the idea of it using it to make like sort of a, a, an allegory for like abortion or eugenics or whatever is is fine, and it works to an extent. But right, it just turns into as a simple fight comic, and it's kind of disappointing from then there on in. And it's kind of disappointing that the art sort of lets it lets itself go around the edges. Like it's not yeah. as tight or efficient. Um, I think um, the comedy maybe goes on a little too long as well. Maybe I'm just really... (laughs) I don't like fun. Um, No, I just feel like it's not horrendous, but I wouldn't actually say it was a good issue of X-Factor, especially with some of the stuff we've we've read. Um, And it could be some of that that we've read the event that this basically leads into. And so everything's coloured by the fact that it's just feeling like setup, setup, setup. Definitely. so yeah, maybe yeah. I'm just bitter. No, no, no. I I think you know we we did this so many times when we were reading um the the newest Exiles. We would read read it once before and then read it again as we we're reviewing. Be like, oh yeah, this artwork is amazing. It really pays to read an issue twice. And reading this one a second time, it's like, oh boy, the artwork I was really enjoying isn't exactly how I remember this. This is uh kind of disappointing, and it does have me fearing that um. Strowman will be gone because the next issue uh, is penciler Jim Fern. So who knows when Strowman is 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 going to be out of the book? Mm, could be, uh, could, be know, could be sooner rather than later. <gasps> okay. Yeah, but uh, at least we have Glenn Oliver still coloring, so that's that's nice. <laughs> you make it sound so like yay slightly. Well, I mean, <laughs> like I can't get angry when we have Glenn Oliver. Coloring a book. This is true. So, all right. Was, well, let's uh, let's move over to Exiles, if you don't mind. Nope. Exiles thirty-two. The front cover is a really bad depiction of Sasquatch. <laughs> I don't like it. It's not my thing. Um, 
it might be someone else's, but it really isn't mine. <laughs> like, I just don't like it. Yeah, no, it's just Sasquatch, like, pushing between two boulders or something. I don't know. These trees, I have no idea. But uh, heavily in shadow and just, like, staring at us. She, she looks like a hairy um, Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Essentially. So um, this issue is written by uh, Chwinnick and Jim Calafiore is the penciler. I, you might have to help me here. Transparency Digital is the colorist. The inker yep. um, could be anyone. Mark say, McKenna. Oh, I knew this, I was about to say Mark McKenna. I got the first name. Um, no, it's, it's either Paul Tuchern or David Sharp. Dave um, Sharp. There we go. Oh. Dave Sharp is doing two of our books then. Yeah. And um, we um, continue our vampire diaries via ex- Exiles. Um, vampire Hunter E. Yes. Exiles. Sure. All right. I'm sorry. I'll stop. No, it's fine. <laughs> you allow. What did they actually call this issue anyway? Give me one second. I will never know because it doesn't. Yeah, anyway, anyway. Um. So last issue, uh, <laughs> Cal Cal um decapitated Captain America, but it wasn't enough because he's indestructible. Um, Sasquatch comes in for with an early save. Um, Captain America leaves. Everyone's just like, what should we do? And um, because obviously Sunfire's been bitten, they decide uh-huh. to teleport to England, you know, pip pip cheerio and all that jazz, as in the only animal would say. They teleport to England um, because of um, Fallsworth, who used to be, who is Union Jack. Union Jack's like, well, we have no idea what's going to happen. We should stake her. But then um, Sunfire goes basically nuclear. Uh, Cal tackles her, and she's in like a fiery, evil vampire form. Um, Sasquatch just knocks her out, easy peasy. Um, and they put an amulet on her that stops her from turning so quick. They talk about Falstaff talks about a soul sword, magic goes like this one. Um, meanwhile, Wasp, Falcon, and Cap are summoning, uh, using or doing the ritual with their little zombie totem, um, which, uh, TJ turns up to steal, Union Jack turns up as well, and the rest of ex, um, Exiles, I nearly said X Factor there, Exiles uh, blasts away, everyone has a little bit of a fight. Um, <laughs> Morph turns into a fly um, at one point to, yeah. annoy, to annoy Wasp, who then gets zapped by TJ. Um, there's this whole heroic moment where Union Jack and Captain America fight, and Union Jack says, I'm heroic, and then uh, he backs into, he's pushed into, but it feels like he just walks backwards into a uh, magic sword. That's Cap. Uh, Cap dies. Everyone seems a bit sad until, for a second until um, you find out that, oh, no, surprise, Union Jack's a vampire. Now he's the vampire king. But then he's burnt by Sunfire, who's no longer evil because reasons. Um, I assume it's something to do with a fire. Um, no, no. <laughs> they, they, they say that they have to kill Cap because... Uh, the bloodline that, that that um bit her is leads from Cap, so if they kill Cap, then he'll she'll come back to the uh, to the to the light. And she's allowed to speak, which is always good. Um, mm-hmm. She's allowed some dialogue. And, uh, the and tar- then she just burns people up. <laughs> yep, just burns them all up to a crisp. And the Talos is like, "That's you've done your job. You've killed Cap. Let's go." And before they go, um, I imagine it's Falsworth does some sort of weird vampire magic. Uh-huh. Uh, shatters the um, Exiles exit strategy and Morph and Sasquatch um, end up in the snow in what they think is Canada only to have Wolverine post-operation just done there drooling and screaming um, in front of them. The 2B continued. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually didn't mind it. It's like a really like sort of Saturday morning cartoon vibe to it. Um Cackling villains and yeah, uh, Scooby Doo reveals, and the heroes are just doing what they do. Um, I think it it looks it looks it looks good. Like obviously, uh, Califiore has been on the book a lot, um, and then right. it's not. And I think the the the, the color work starting to really like come together with the art now, even though it's mm-hmm, all digital. Mm-hmm. Um, the use of shading is really good, especially for it being a quote unquote horror story right. i suppose 
Um, I think the the burning um, scar on um, Union Jack's face is awesome, <laughs> like awesome, awesomely drawn. And um, I think that some of the close ups are really good, like um, Sunfire going full on fiery vampire, and like when uh, oh, Union starts... Jack does the reveal. That's a great panel. Yeah, exactly, and uh, just just some great close ups are all over the place, mm-hmm. and. Really good color work. I actually really like it. I think all the characters, even Ileana being like the close up of her, like looking a bit sort of, um, have we done all right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why are you laughing? So, I actually think it's really well put to, together book, and it's quite like a, a popcorn y entertaining like issue for me. So, oh, yeah, this, this is my favorite of the week. Uh, I really oh. enjoy having, um, you know, we don't know how much longer we have Winnick on the book. We're glad to have him back, and this just felt like, like. Yeah, we're not like reaching grand heights here, but it's uh, you know a fun Saturday morning, uh, you know Saturday morning cartoon with death, um, <laughs> but like fun and felt like our characters and some great panels, and it just felt like oh this is this is like pretty like well done standard comic books, and I just really enjoyed having uh, these these characters be like themselves and and put an end to this silly story. And I do like the the, the idea the setup. If this because this story sets up them them all being separated. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the idea that Morph and Sasquatch because it might actually allow Sasquatch to be more of a character because I believe yeah, right? each, each issue going forward is about um, each individual like two of the the exiles basically. Right. Um, I like that. So I think the first one is Sasquatch and Morph, and then I think it goes into. Um, TJ and um, uh, Sunfire, but I do feel like one person is missing. So um, I don't think I don't think um, Mimic gets any kind of like single story. Mm. But he's had enough. <laughs> he has had a lot. Uh, Sasquatch and uh, Sunfire Oyana could use some, you know. <laughs> even even um, oh boy. You know, basically everyone could use some more time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Everyone, everyone. Mimic could use time, yeah. But yeah, so it'd be interesting going forward to see how it goes. Also, I feel like there's going to be a massive creative shift um, very soon as well. Um, because certain things happen <laughs> that just... Uh, certain things happen very, very, very soon that sort of shift the whole book into a different direction. Uh-huh. So we shall see. Well, I assume this is our gateway to getting um, Sabretooth's team sort of tied back into things. Yeah, pretty much. And also, it's the um, a completely new writer takes over very soon and mm-hmm. shepherds the book until <gasps> Claremont takes over. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> so I'm going to cherish this issue even more since we're about to be going into something uh, worse. I don't know. What, how would actually, you describe actually, all this? I, I don't mind. We'll have to spoiler that. I actually don't mind the next writer. Um, like what he tries to do. Um, it's kind of fun, but I, don't, I think I think it's done. It's done and dusted really quickly as well. I think that everything, everyone's ducks were put in a line because Claremont wanted to have the book. So, huh. yeah. Or maybe they just gave Claremont the book because they have to have him on contract. Whatever happens, whatever happens, Claremont basically. <laughs> Burns it all down. Uh, is essentially what happens. Well, it, it can't be worse than um, oh boy, who who was writing this for the the crossover for a minute? Uh, Chuck Austin. Yes. Oof. All right. Well, I really like this issue. I I was super happy to have a great Exiles issue. Yeah, it's really nice to finally have a really fun um, Exiles issue. All right. So, yeah. Uh, well, uh, we'll jump to our, our final issue of the uh, the day, um, Generation X number twenty. Uh, boy, uh, so we've got a backup special uh, where we, they they go into the Heroes Reborn. So if you want to uh, read a bunch of um, just terrible, terrible artwork by uh, oh boy, names are escaping me again, Dan. Um, who is the Mister X Force? Oh, Jim Lee's done some... Is it Jim Lee and... Um, oh, God, Rob Liefeld, yes. Yes, it's Liefeld. There's Liefeld face all over this. Liefeld face and Liefeld uh, thighs. 
uh, all over this backup. It's it's disgusting. It's awful. <laughs> I didn't look at it. I, I knew it would be too much. Oh, there's um, a page of of someone uh, who's like got his mouth open, but just you just see like white teeth, like his mouth is a circle. And the next page is is basically the exact same face, but then colored a different tint, as if to show that it's a different person. But the facial structure is like identical. It is. You know, Liefeld is just so bad. I'm so glad we're not covering any books that he does. Anyway, um, this book is not about that. Uh, this book is uh, titled Bodies in Motion, featuring Generation X. And Dan, it is, um, you know, reading... We don't have the best versions of of this these issues here for, for a minute. We haven't for a while, so the quality is a little bit tough. And it's hard to pick out who's actually... Uh, the creative series. So it looks like created by Scott Loverboy Lobdell and Chris Backseat Bacalo, uh, with Mark Buckets of Love Buckingham. What is happening? <laughs> Told you. They love it. They love this crazy shit. Richard Cool Daddy Zar Zar Kings and Comic Zars. Oh boy, I doesn't even say what they're doing. Anyway, um, this is just so tough to read. We've got uh, a panel of uh, a computer zooming in on Chamber, uh, discussing what his powers are, and then M-Plate, who his powers are, and a woman's at a computer, and then we find out that she's taking orders from Bastion. Is this his first appearance? I don't know if it's his first appearance, but he might be his first appearance. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, but there's a creepy villain, and he's researching the Gen X. Uh, we cut to our team... And uh, Artie and Leech are about to jump from a tree down a waterfall uh, and having a good old time. And uh, Artie dives in and he pops out and he's super happy. And Sink and Jubilee are like loving it. And, and <laughs> Sean is doing a he's running a barbecue and he's got a big old three leaf clover apron on because how could he be more Irish? Um, they're just, just the Gen X team sort of enjoying some downtime. Uh, Sean goes to talk to Paige to cheer her up, um, and uh, Emma's like, "Why am I unable to like speak to these children?" Uh, until she's attacked by a salad monster, who I assume we'll get to learn who it is later. Um, Mondo talks to Emma, and uh, she decides she's gonna speak to M. Uh, they get a phone call from uh, Jonathan and Skin, and just say, "Hey, we're on the road. Uh, we'll be back sometime." Penance shows up. Uh, eats all the food, uh, her skin starts to soften, and um, they wonder how she got all those scratches on her face. Uh, we cut back to Bastion, who uh, had asked to be notified when his assistant has information, and when his assistant tries to give him said information, he threatens to kill her and says, don't make that mistake again. It, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, uh, we cut back to uh, M., and Emma and Emma has brought some ice cream to share and tries to open up M. They have a, a nice conversation here, and um, uh, M, M decides maybe she will start to open open up to the team. Uh, meanwhile, nearby in the city of Boston, we have that janitor who uh, showed up at the mansion for a minute, who was trying to escape, uh, getting uh, thrown in jail for killing a mutant, um, and he is convinced he needs to go back to the school for some reason. Uh, then we're in California, where Jonathan and Skinner are hitchhiking. Uh, Jonathan has a, a fake beard uh, to cover up his gaping hole in his chest. Um, yep. And they are picked up by someone with a bunch of feathers. Uh, we cut back to Xavier's, and uh, the X-Team are around a campfire, and Jubilee is maybe kind of hitting on sync, maybe? Um, yeah. What? It feels like it's definitely um, trying. Yeah. Which I'm, I'm all for. Um, and then there's some blonde kid sitting on Mondo's head, and we're like, who is this? And we realize this is Franklin, uh, who's a young mutant who the, his his grandfather has decided needs to learn how to use his powers. Uh, kind of timely here, Dan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we now know that, uh, according to Dan Slott, he was never a mutant, but there's uh, another pretender. Um, and uh, Jonathan Hickman is not happy about that. But in we're not we're not in 2020 right now. We're in 1995, 96-ish. Um, and uh, Sean and uh, Nathan 
uh, have uh, some words. The kids uh, do a little bit of uh, fun time stealing chips and teasing each other. Uh, Franklin, uh, sorry, Nate and Sean have some more words. Uh, the kids run off Artie and Leech and Franklin into the woods uh, where they meet someone uh, and something dangerous might be happening. Uh, and then Bastion realizes that uh, Chamber might be Jonathan. Uh, cut to California, and guess who has picked up Jonathan and Skin but Howard the Duck? Because uh, next issue, they're going to spend some time with Howard the Duck. Um, this is... It's hard to judge the art in this issue, Dan, for a, a few reasons. It feels like um, Baklo is, is going through an artistic sea change here a little bit. Uh, he, he's making some adjustments. Um, also, the quality of, of the, the pages of reading is a little bit rough, so it's a little bit uh, difficult to accurately critique how this is supposed to look. But uh, I, I feel like even in 85% Baklo is still uh, a Baklo I want to read. Um, it's, it's got all these trademarked like exaggerisms. I think the colors are, are bright. Uh, I, I kind of like when uh, Emma is attacked by the, the salad monster and she goes all green. Uh, this was this was an enjoyable like the team just hanging out kind of issue. What did you think? Um, I think the quality of mine is not too bad because on my pad it actually looks nice. Like it doesn't look that like mm. so you can still tell it's it's a scan rather than a, like an actual digital. Right, uh, right. Thing. But um, to be honest, I didn't mind it. Like it's it's got fun parts like trying to set up the the Bastion stuff, uh, in, including like the weird head at near the end. Um, where it looks like an Easter Island statue. Um, yeah. Like, the Bastion stuff is kind of neither, neither there nor here for me. So I'm just like, all right, fair enough. Is this going to be... Because obviously reading it with the hindsight of that entire event, I it's like, all right, it's, it's kind of an event. But I suppose if you read it for the first time, it's like, oh, is he going to be like a major villain going forward for these kids? Right, right. Uh, it feels like tailored, it. Yeah, very tailored to the children. And... Um, I like that the whole Franklin is dropped in because it's after onslaught. Um, it does feel like there's a disconnect between the last issue where Emma's like gone crazy and um, and this issue like a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of time has passed between issues. Um, but I think on the whole, it's just fun. It's fun to like have the kids yeah. just do. I think artistically, you're right. The the really interesting like the first issues of um, Excalibur were an Excalibur. Generation X, um, Backlow's arts more inked, less cartoony, yeah. more like sort of more like stylized in a different sense. And I feel like he's moving towards like a because you see the panels, some of the panels here, like um, the 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 original panel of um, Banshee looking at uh, taking his little glasses down. It's more like Backlow's older style, where it is still still Backlow, but everyone's becoming a little bit more exaggerated, a little bit more. Uh, rounder cherub like cherub yeah. face so it feels like um and also the the color work um being digital uh, a lot of it works but some of it doesn't quite pan out um like i like i, I still i'm not a fan of them just coloring in uh people's dresses with some sort of like digital hatchwork yeah like, yeah yeah and i don't know if the um we'll see it a lot in 90s X-Men if this like tele- when telepath see someone like a faded image I don't know if I'm still a fan of, fan of that but on the whole it is actually quite fun and it was nice to see everyone and I forget I, I the only thing I have I ask question is when the hell did Mondo even join the team I, I feel like I've I missed I know he's in a lot of issues that we've read, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've missed that. He's only in a few. He, he kind of just like shows up and he's there, part of the team. Well, one day, uh, not like part of the, the team that goes on missions, but part of the, the, the team in the sense of he's living with them. But he he's, he hasn't really had like a, a centralized, like this is the Mondo issue. Uh, he's been very peripheral. So it's, it is always weird when he shows up and he's, he's doing something because you're like, oh yeah, he was in the, Two issues before he was in for like two panels, and oh, he's back again. It's just he just hasn't had a lot of focus. Pretty much. Well, I no. really love Jubilee and, and Sync. I know that uh, this, this doesn't pan out, right? But uh, I, I like the idea of that that she was into Sync. Like they have a good chemistry, and I can't remember her ever having like a romantic feelings for anyone before 
this issue? Like, did she ever have a crush on someone when she was with the X-Men? No, I can think of. The, I suppose you could argue that she had that weird, she'll have that weird girl crush on Wolverine. Uh, right. But no, she doesn't really, she never really has a romantic relationship, does she? Like, right. I feel like she's always been unfortunate in the, oh, no, one, no one's bothered to um, write a need. I think those two work really well together as well. Yeah. Look, it was it wasn't the, the greatest thing, but it was nice to see the team together. And I, I thought Bastion worked well in the like the brooding. Here's the the big bad that they're gonna have to face moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I enjoyed the issue. Yeah, it was it, it was certainly like the second like I put it on the same sort like X House was the best, and then maybe the, this issue was probably my second because X Factor was a bit of a I don't know it's very muddy and yeah. Um, but I did didn't mind. I, Is I that why you let me do X Factor this week? You're like, oh, the quality's going down. I'll let George do this one. <laughs> I thought, that, to be honest, I chose that. <laughs> I chose that before I read it. So, <laughs> but no, I, I I just wanted to do the because I thought it was it was only fair that I should do a Nightcrawler episode, uh, issue. So, but ironically, um, um, I'd say that that was I don't know. I wouldn't put them in. If I was going to put them in order, it'd probably be Exiles Gen X. Excalibur than X Factor if I was gonna do it, which I've just done. So obviously, <laughs> I yeah. might put X Factor over Excalibur. Uh, maybe. I mean, there's some nice panels in X Factor. We don't really have a many nice panels in Excalibur, yeah. but you know, I'll, I could go either way. I'll be truthful. It's character bias. Sure. Um, trumps. Um, seeing Nightcrawler trumps. Bad art often, sometimes. I don't know. Oh, I get that. Does it? Does it? <laughs> um, and I'm not sure who the star of X Factor is this week. I don't think anyone really is. No, uh, it feels too much like a setup issue than yeah. anything. But uh, no, this was a good Gen X issue. How many more do we have before Lobdell jumps off uh, of this? 20. I'm pretty sure I jumps off like 24 or 5 or something. So before yeah, the, that's coming the... soon, too, huh? Oh boy! Everyone's going to leave every book, and we'll be left yeah. with whatever. That's well, fine. That'll be a good time to talk about. Uh, I guess when we have the final reveal with Penance and M, we'll we'll have to really get into what Lobdell's plan was and how things changed, that sort of deal. But um, this is this is great, Dan. Uh, I'm glad we got to spend some time over the holidays talking some comic books, and I'm I'm really glad that um, you know even if we didn't have uh, excellent books. We didn't have any like crap books either. You know what I mean? Yeah, I am too. It's nice to actually have good books. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a couple of of months there where it was just like, oh boy, all four, all three of these are, are terrible. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we were really down in the dumps. So this is almost like a, a Christmas miracle. Yeah, pretty much. Um, hopefully next time we'll have another New Year miracle. Everything will be alright. And we'll see. Uh, but so next week, hopefully, we'll be with Grant and, and Jason talking end of a uh, executioner song. Uh, uh, yeah. Maybe we'll have a good time. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know that that's the plan, but who knows how scheduling will go? Maybe we'll have another regular episode before we we get to wrap that up. Um, but uh, otherwise, Dan, uh, what what have you been up to? Um, I have been watching too many Christmas movies. I have been um, playing lots of video games, um, and I've just tried to consume as much stuff so I don't have to think about the real world. Um, so yeah, that's not <laughs> really good. yeah, it totally makes sense. I have uh, I finished Silicon Valley uh, finally, uh, and uh, that is just a superb show uh, a little bit of uh, a lull after after main character leaves but uh i think they it wraps up really nicely i don't know are, are you a fan of mike judge sometimes i probably i was gonna check out i was gonna check out some silicon fire if i can find it in this in this country it's probably on something he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he i think he generally he has like really great ideas and sometimes uh, the ending or the, or the second half doesn't really really hit well uh for example um 
Office Space has a great premise and a good first half. And as soon as a plot kicks in, it becomes kind of boring and standard. I, I think the same with Idiocracy has a great hook and maybe yeah. lo- sort of loses where it's going halfway along the way. Um, uh, but, you know, um, but Silicon Valley was just hilarious the whole way through and he really nailed the ending uh it was really really nice kind of like sweet and touching almost uh so i i loved uh that um i just watched wonder woman 84 then and i'm sort of conflicted about it uh you know when when you watch it we'll have to discuss because i'll be mm-hmm. interested to hear your, your thoughts um and uh just started watching veep i know there's like seven seasons of this so um Looking forward to, to, you know, binging that and um, just hoping that uh, everyone is, is staying safe out there. Uh, yes. I, I believe the UK has started vaccinations, yeah? Yeah, yeah, we, we started, but we were like, I don't know. I don't know when we'll ever see a vaccination because right. it's got like a, so many people. <laughs> so many. Um, you have to have certain criteria as well, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Risks and stuff, age, not just. Yeah, oh, because yeah. they're doing first responders and, and, you know, medical staff and they're having problems like distributing the vaccine because if there's one thing our administration succeeds at, it's failure. So they're failing to uh, distribute things. So, you know, it could be April before I ever get the vaccine or even July, who knows. Yeah, because it's, and also like people in this country have decided just to treat the world as normal because they forget <laughs> the word vaccine isn't the same as the word cure. Right. So um, people are idiots, but we already, everyone already knows that. So. <laughs> well, uh, aside from that, uh, stay safe, Dan. And uh, where, where can everyone find us? Um, you can all find us on Twitter at Excalibur as one. Um, you can find us on Podbean as always at podbean.com forward slash Excalibur. You can find us um, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on everything else by just typing Excalibur into Google because it works finally. Um, well, it always, it's been working for ages. But anyway, um, yes, you can find us all on these beautiful things and you should definitely stay safe. Um, and try and just not be a prick and wear a mask and do things nice <laughs> to other people. So yeah. All the good things. All the good things. Well Dan, this was this was awesome. Uh thanks again and we'll see everybody next time. Bye.